If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. Hmm. Uh, what do you do? That's the great question. <laughs> what is the long-term effect of too much information? Jar Cynics podcast here again with Mac. This is Mac. So let's talk about Mac um, Attack. Just Mac, Attack. <laughs> Mac Attack. Where are we? Yeah, where are we going? Well, well, let's talk about what we talked about last. Just like a re- quick recap. What was episode um, eight? That was like we, we talked about China. China. It, it was just our relationship. We how were kind of shooting the shit. How we yeah met. A little background info and then just stories <laughs> all, right, all right let's start with uh, well, let's start with uh um dmt then oh okay, keep good. it light huh yeah <laughs> well let's talk about um what you were talking about with the uh what were we talking about in the korean barbecue place uh just uh let's talk about like what's your first what was your first trip like on hallucinogenic so yep the only ones that i've actually done has been shrooms um I haven't done anything more extreme than that. <clears throat> um, and yeah, the first, the very first time I did it, actually, I had a buddy. Uh, he just got out of the Navy, and he, he was reveling in his freedom. He, he became a pothead for a bit. But this guy, he's, he's like kind of autistic. So, <laughs> like, so kind, he, like he kind of like he's diagnosed or? No, no. He, he kind of just acts a little he, well, bit. Well, he, he, like, he just acts in a very like methodical way. So he can't just be like, okay, I'm in the Navy I'm out of the Navy, so I'm going to buy a bunch of pot, new pot. Like, he researched strains, and he, like, analyzed which pipe works the best and which bong, and he experimented. So he was very he, – he goes OCD. Yeah, he goes all in on things, right? And so he, he, he like, measures what is the optimal amount of weed for, for maximum high and all this stuff. So he gets some shrooms, and he's like, let's do them. And we took them, and what I think happened is we didn't have enough. Because we did them, and we felt kind of funny. Things were just kind of funny, but nothing really noticeable happened, right? Uh, we cleared a day, and we did them at his house, and it, that was pretty much it. We walked around a bit, but it never manifested into anything serious. So that was the first time I did shrooms. The second time I did shrooms, uh, another buddy, and he had a full dose each. Um, and this is when I came up with the theory of the best way to do shrooms is in is in cup or the bowl of the instant noodles, right? You just throw it in with the other dry vegetables, uh, cook it with uh, in the microwave or in the hot water, however you do it. Uh, hot water is probably better. Microwave, you get all zombie shrooms or something. <laughs> but uh, but you cook it in the hot water, let it steam for a bit, and then the broth is full of shroom juice, and the shrooms are like they've already started digesting or whatever, and then you eat those real quick, and then you chug a thing of orange juice, just uh, as close to organic as you can. And then, uh, yeah, within like 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes, you're, you're pretty good tripping. Uh, the first time we did it, this guy, he like, he's one of those guys, he likes to have activities. This is a different guy than the first guy. but So he had a movie. Um, I believe the name of this movie was uh, Baraka. And it is not the Mortal Kombat character. Oh, uh, I, th- I think I know this. It's, it's is re- it one with four arms? No, 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 no. no Baraka had the spikes in his hands, but the movie, I, the movie, that's so you know, I haven't played this game. The, the movie itself was, it's like this photo or this uh, video, just, it's artistic. It's like just the earth. So it's like nature and people and cities and jungles. And it's just like these beautiful shots with nice, peaceful music and stuff. And, um, it was, it was really cool. Um, cause well, Real funny story how it started. Um, we we took the shrooms and we expected them to kick in between forty minutes to an hour, right? Oh wow, that's how long it takes. Well, because if you just eat them normally, they have to like Digest. break down in your stomach <laughs> and then start heading towards your brain. But the something about boiling them first with the noodles, it, it makes them get there quicker. So we didn't expect it. We didn't know what to expect. So he uh, he. He's like, well, why don't we play video games while we're waiting for it to kick in? And I was like, okay, that sounds cool. So we, uh, he starts playing like Dynasty Warriors, right? <laughs> yeah. And so we're playing and like setting up our character. And, you know, this is a long process. So it took about 20 minutes. And I remember in the process, I was like, man, I, I feel kind of funny. 
<laughs> and then he's like, I look at him and he kind of looks at me and I'm like, you think? He's like, no, no, it's just in our head. I was like, yeah, probably. I'm, we're doing it, doing it. And then I'm really feeling it kind of strong and I'm just like, ah, oh, man, I feel weird. I, and then like, you know, the game starts and you're just on a battlefield with like a billion people. Ah, right. So this pops on the screen. Ah, I was going oh, to throw the controller down. And I'm like, okay, I can't. <laughs> I was just like, nope, no, I can't. And he's laughing. And he's like, yeah, I feel you. And uh, then we, we confirmed, like, okay, yeah, we're, we're tripping. So uh, he, uh, that's when he put the movie on, Baraka, and it starts real, like, these beautiful, like, aerial shots of, like, the jungle and the, the plains and then cities and different cultures and all this stuff. Really, really nice movie to start for a first room experience because you just get lost in it. And so it's crazy shit's happening. You're just watching, like, oh, man, what the fuck? Um. And then after that, we watched another movie that I don't remember the name of. Um, but by then, we were right, still kind of in the peak. Um, and then it started to come down, and we just started kind of talking, um, shooting the shit, smoked a little weed, and then eventually slept. But it, it was a really pleasant experience. Second time I took him was uh, similar to that. It was at my house, just kind of me, myself. Just took him with noodles, drank the orange juice. Netflix has these... Uh, by yourself. This is by myself, yeah. Oh. Netflix has these... Is th that a bad thing to do with shrooms by yourself, or that's kind of just a myth? that it's, if you It do depends. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do my first time by myself, just because it's it's nervous. That nervousness can seep into the experience, I think. But for, for this, by now, I was pretty sure. And so I had movies on Netflix. It's called like a video... Uh, video portraits or something like that on Netflix. And they'll pick like a location. There's like three seasons and they'll pick a location. And it's exactly the same as the Baraka movie. It's just like, so let's say like Tahiti is one of them. And it's just all these beautiful video shots of Tahiti and, you know, the culture and the ocean and the animals. And it's real nice. <clears throat> so I watched a couple of those and again, real pleasant. Um, the third time was more, a little more extreme. That was, uh, I had a fight with um, uh, somebody right before then, and then I was kind of, like, um, really upset, and I was angry, and then I took him, and so that translated. It was kind of a really intense trip. I, I imagine that's what a bad trip's like. Um, but by the end, it felt really, really good. Uh, you know, feel like I worked out, worked through some stuff, you know. And the last one I did, uh, the last one I did was, um, that was a real pleasant one. It was real, I, I feel like because I have more experience now that it was, I had more control and I was able to get more out of it, if that makes any sense. I was able to, because I wasn't so amazed and, and in awe of what I was seeing, I was able to go through it more methodically and, and really take more away from the experience. But psychedelics are, they're really awesome. I think they, uh. I think everybody should try it at least a couple times. Is it something you can like function on? Like you can go out? No, or you don't recommend going out. <coughs> I, at all? I don't recommend it at all. I, I for a couple of reasons. One, because your pupils like take up your entire <laughs> entire eye. <laughs> be like, Are you okay? <laughs> you, you just look out of it. Um, and I, I just you don't know what your brain is gonna do with stuff. So mm. I, you, you don't know. And like, if you were in a city or something. Like, I wouldn't drive on them, for one. Um, and if you were, like, in a city walking around, I imagine it's nuts. I imagine it's really bad. And you really kind of get a sense of, like, energy. Like, being in nature is pretty cool. Being in a place you know well pretty is pretty cool. Um, and even more so, for the experience itself, I think you should give it the respect it deserves sort of thing. Not to be, like, preachy or anything, but... You'll 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 feel better about the whole experience if you're giving it your attention. Mm -hmm. Wait, uh, yeah, if you're out and about, it's too many distractions, and you it's not even so much. Just yeah, it's just it becomes. Then you're fighting to function at that point. Like you're trying real hard to function, and it really can. Your state of mind can determine how long you're in it. I took it with my brother one time, and he was real. He kept looking at the clock because he wanted to see how long like we had until we stopped being. And so he kind of pulled himself out of it he had kind of a weaker experience so he finished up in about two hours whereas mine went for the whole like 
five or six hours. So, oh. and we had the same dose. So, any horror stories though? Anything like in particular that kind of like was, I don't know, daunting or freaky? No, not really. Uh, for me, it was. It wasn't. Uh, how about like all right? If how about the surreal, philosophical, impactful high? Like what? What was the man, most that, interesting? That was. Um, yeah, that that was some crazy stuff. So, um, uh, so there was one. I was, um, I took him on one day, and and so one of one of the real strong father figures in my life uh, had passed away a couple of years ago, and I was sitting there, and I was wearing clothes real similar to how he used to wear, and I was just sitting on the couch, and like there was this moment where I, I felt like I was him from his perspective. You know what I mean? And it was the weirdest. It was sad, but it was very, I don't know, a, a nice experience. It was it was deep. It was profound for me, you know. Um, there was also in the last one, I, I had the idea that <clears throat> perhaps I was, um, perhaps I was dying. Like this Whoa. trip, this trip was me dying, but not like I'm scared in a bad way. But it was like, if you've ever seen those um, movies, it's kind of a trope. It's on movies or shows that have a supernatural element. There's like a character will have an accident or it'll seem like a close call, like a near death experience. And then by the end of the show or the series or something, it turns out that everything that happened since then was like the process of dying. Like it wasn't a near miss. It was mm. like, they actually died in that accident. Oh yeah. I know. But right. then like this whole, because the mind can't accept that it's dying, it has to go through all these things to kind of buffer itself. You could say even six cents. Yeah, kind of that even like you're already dead sort of thing, but this this was this is what it felt like. So it was like it felt like everything like maybe I had died and I I couldn't figure out where, but like this was because there was just this feeling of peace and understanding of like how everything worked that like I was about to die, but everything that had ha like not that I was dying at that moment, but I had been dying for quite a while and everything up to this point was um, was my mind like uh, comforting myself until I got to this point. And then I took it even further and I was like, what if that's like true for everyone constantly? And then you get into the, then you get into feeling like, well, how is any of this even real? Like it is, <clears throat> how do I know if any of this is real? Like technically our whole lives on earth could just be not technically theoretically our whole lives on earth from the time we're born could actually just be the process of us dying <laughs> in our heads from another life and this is just mm. like lives within lives sort of thing and it's 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 tough to explain outside of that situation it's tough to explain while you're in it but going through it and feeling it it really gives you kind of this cosmic um i don't want to say understanding because i don't know if it's true but this feeling of acceptance towards whatever the process is you know what i mean and it's it's really cool <laughs> it's it's really crazy um and even like i'd be sitting there and like oh that's like you're talking with somebody and and that's not actually somebody that's there but it's an aspect of your mind that's trying to keep you tethered to your life or something and once you break free of that then you kind of ascend to heaven or something it's it's a real trip man like and by the end of it, by the end of it you really just are kind of at peace with stuff <laughs> sounds almost like a metaphysical death it, it was well, the ego death ego <clears throat> so that's something that um there's a lot of people who um are pushing for psychedelics as mental health um treatments and a lot of that is because of ego death like mm. a lot of let that go oh yeah well and especially things Where like ptsd progress there's so much tr trauma that's involved and a lot of it is the fear of that trauma like our mind again our mind trying to protect ourselves from things that we when you have this ego death this death of this like this individual sense of self and you kind of take on this feeling of of the universe you know being one with the universe because you really feel that way like it one in the same i am everything but I'm also still me. Mm -hmm. Like the universe, what do they say? The We are all just the universe observing ourselves. That sort of thing. So it's, 
Yeah, it's a trip, man, and it's it's definitely healing. Like, there's a lot of. I can yeah, I can imagine that. A lot of stuff that that people could benefit from it. Let's. T- um, I'm curious about your philosophical background because you were talking about how. If you you were talking about um and the restaurant that uh, if you don't have like this want to experience mm-hmm. it, the the trip is not going to be interesting. You know what I mean? You have to have like <clears throat> some kind of weird preparation almost. So it's go ahead. Uh, oh, I, I mean you can speak on it better than me. I was just gonna speculate. Oh, speculate. <laughs> but I, I imagine, speculate. Speculate. I imagine you have to be yeah in a certain the right setting, the mm-hmm. right like mood. Mm-hmm. In order to experience it in a, a more positive way, versus like you said, you had in one case you had an argument before, so you were kind of just mm-hmm. out of it. You were more emotional, maybe more stressed. I- exactly. The experience with that, it's almost going to just uh, exasperate it or just like intensify those feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it 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 so it's it you you enter it with whatever you bring. <clears throat> And so it's it's true like that. So you, it, that's why I ask like, what's your, what ideas do you think led to maybe having this kind of metaphysical outlook on like taking the the shrooms? Do you think it had something to do with the Taoism you had learned when you were younger, or the philosophies you were brought up with? Maybe I, I definitely do. Um, I've always been interested in uh, just religion and philosophy since I was young. My dad had a book about um, like the religions of the world, and I read it when I was very young. Um, Oh, so like it talked about like Vishnu and all these. Oh yeah, it, it just gave a brief brief overview of all the different religions, and uh, I I thought it was the most interesting thing. And then I had a buddy uh, when I was training martial arts. He was an older guy. He was in college, and he uh, he gave me one of his college philosophy books when I was in. Um, God, I must have been like twelve or thirteen. And it blew my fucking mind, man. Like, Wait, like, which uh, philosophy book was it? What was I, it on? I, I don't remember the name, but it was on Western philosophy. And it, oh, like, like Plato and the Soul and stuff? Just an overview. It was like probably Philosophy 101 or something. And it was it like the first thing was like in the in the discussion of philosophy, we need to – it's really just about asking questions. Simple questions taken to their fullest length can – can have profound effects on how we view the world. For an example, if I ask you, where are you? You'll say something like, I am here. If I ask, where is here? You'll say, I'm in my house. Well, where is your house? My house is uh, at this address. Well, where is that address? In this town. Where's that town? In North America. Where's North America? It's on this hemisphere. And then you keep asking so on and so forth until you, like, you don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where's the universe? Uh, right and and these are this is what philosophy is it's you know asking questions and, and finding different ways to look at things and so that that little train of thought that the the opening of that book asked that alone just blew my mind and so reading on that and just being curious about those things is has influenced me i've i've for fun i'll, I'll read about things uh um all things philosophy and, and religion um, east and west it's 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 just interesting these are these are ideas and concepts that have shaped the world we live in no matter how much stock you put in them no matter how much you believe they're true or false they have immense power you know the the power of of belief is a thing you know not not to get into like the secret or like you know putting things out into the universe but i mean the power of belief is intense if you believe something as a human being, it can be the source of power to do crazy things. I mean, amazing things. That's how we got to the moon because we believed we could get to the moon, you know? <clears throat> and so this, this is what our ancestors believed. This is what early humans believed. And this is what people believe to this day, rational people, people who have lives and jobs and, and kids and are active members of society they believe these amazing things, these, you know, ancient stories. And so that's always just really interests me. Um, and so, yeah, taking that kind of even pantheistic approach when, when going into the psychedelic experience, I imagine you're, you have a lot to play with. <laughs> it's funny because I think um, Albert Einstein was a pantheist. I'm curious if he ever did any of that. And, 
any like hallucinogenics? It wouldn't surprise me. Um, like I said, the guy who um, discovered the shape of of the the double helix, the shape of DNA, the structure of DNA, he's known. He admitted that he, before it became illegal, he did LSD on a regular basis uh, to inspire creativity. And I think a lot of very intelligent people dabble. Oh, it's it's a massive source of creativity. And there's there's a lot of evidence that it's definitely where your friend Jack Dorsey went off and No, he didn't. <laughs> he did he did meth. <laughs> he actually looks Jack, Dor- Jack Dorsey's never actually done shrooms. He just does meth. He looks like more of a meth head, not gonna lie. <laughs> he's like, screw that. He has kind of a he's like he's like, well this Well this make me want to suck dick for it. And like, no, I don't want it. <laughs> it's it doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> it, it needs to ruin my life or I don't want it. <laughs> But for for sure, Steve Jobs was one. Yep, absolutely. Um, I imagine even Albert Einstein. But I, I looked up confirm. I looked up shrooms, and all I see is like he used to like mushrooms. Albert Einstein. Mushroom, just regular mushrooms though. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific article. It's just like, yeah, he used to like mushrooms, and the housemate was talking about he would have mushrooms as snacks or something. Yeah, he was just Some constantly would, high on shrooms. <laughs> That'd be funny if the maid actually that's the that's maid was like, means. "Oh, he just he used to love mushrooms. <laughs> he had an obsession with mushrooms. But for some <laughs> odd reason, he would kind of become a little unhinged, and he would lock himself up. <laughs> and then he also would hear a lot of moaning and 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 um screaming. <laughs> but he 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 loved mushrooms. He I would, I would bro- search uh, psychedelics, Albert Einstein. Yeah, yeah, because it might not be mushrooms. Am I the am I the glorified um? Source checker now, Jamie. You're source one, checker. You're the one with the laptop. <clears throat> yep, it's, it's gonna die, just like all of us. Oh damn! All right, let me see. Damn, nice. Deep. Damn, dude. <laughs> <The> shadow descend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, he used to smoke a lot of marijuana, aco- according to vocal media and a lot futurism. of hallucinogenic drugs. Yep, it says that. Yep. Uh, dimethyl confirmed. Tripatimetipenen. DMT. Yep. Confirmed. Confirmed. Well, there we go. I'm Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, the, pan, the the pantheistic view isn't that weird if you think about it. If you're agnostic, even but if you don't believe in a god, believing in the universe, its power as a cosmic force, you know, it's not I that weird. Understanding a lot of those, and even gaining the idea for a lot of those scientific concepts, you need to. You need a different perspective. Well, you need to. Th- I mean, I'm, it's the reality. Of why? The why limit yourself? Right? You know what I mean. Well, the reality of the universe is as batshit crazy as, as religion. They, like you combine your scientific and the the Stoics talk about this. The Stoics and the Cynics they call it tufos, and the tufos means mist. And the idea is that the mist you have to try to uh, fan it away, and then you'll see and you'll become enlightened in Greek, and that's. The Greek term tufos. So psychedelics are like tufos. Maybe like maybe mist, when they were talking mist about dispersers. You know, it's funny because when they were talking about mist, yeah, you could uh, one could also think they were smoking a, a, a ancient like, Greek joint, and it's like, like and, it and then um, what's it called? The the, <laughs> his, the historian, the DL, he's probably like, hmm, like can't, it seems, just, can't just hot box. You gotta, but um, um yeah, mental clarity. I think. Why limit yourself, right? I mean, people get inspired from different things. People also get inspired from dreams too, and we always—I guess that's our thing now because we keep we keep mentioning dreams in every, in all these podca- uh, podcast episodes. But just like um, I forgot one one inventor, but one inventor was known for in, inventing something very important that he had realized in a dream. Like he just a lot of them did. Yeah, oh, Edison Edison did that with a couple things, that, and that ties into the theory of like. Nothing is invented; it's just discovered. So the Which, concept of ideas f- like floating in the ether, and like if you don't grab it and act on it, then somebody else will. And which now I'm thinking is like they were high on psychedelics, and they couldn't just say I was high. Like, <laughs> I was dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be funny if that's actually the right. reason why you couldn't say that. You couldn't come out and be like, "Yeah, I was. I took there, this." There was a there. There, <laughs> there was a book I read where um, uh, the superstition. Superstitious by Graham Hancock. Um, free shout out for you there, Graham. Oh, but uh, but he um, in it he talks about um, people that went down to South America to do ayahuasca, and some of them a, a group of scientists went and they found a new 
Um, like there was a discovery that this one girl did. She was doing research on DNA, the structure of DNA, or not the structure, but something about it. And uh, she took, she did the ayahuasca and came back and wrote her PhD off of this thing. Um, and she said, yeah, it was like the things in my visions told me about this. So <laughs> the visions, yeah, the, the visions told right. me about it. And I think there's, you. it's just using, it's like core knowledge or things that, you know, you maybe just can't make the connections. It kind of could be, yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of, it's a lot of ways to kind of think about what's exactly going on. Why? I think I'm in the spirit world personally. <laughs> That's my my it could approach. Could be a spirit world thing, and just like it, it's are there. it's really the knowledge is there. It really the, the that's the best way I can describe it. It's like on that movie Doctor Strange, where you you're in the world, but you're just to the side of it, kind of. You know, you're in kind of the in between. It's it's you don't feel like you don't feel like I'm just is seeing feel, stuff. Funny. Is it out of body? <clears throat> no, you're you're in your body, but it feels like your body is not in the same place. It feels like mm. it feels like you are in like the an astral projection. It, yeah, I was gonna say no, not not even that. It's 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 where you are. It's the same space that you started, but it's like uh, it's like you're in another version of it because it mm. it doesn't feel like you're just seeing things different because it's such a whole body, whole sensory experience that you feel like you've gone to a different part of the world. Like this is the negative aspect that not mm. even in a bad way, but like on a photograph, like mm -hmm. this is the negative version of it. It's, it's so weird. <laughs> like it's, it's really a stranger. You don't feel like, yeah, I'm just seeing crazy shit and like that. But you're like, I'm in the place where shit is kind of crazy looking. Oh, man, now just that you bring it up, I was just remembering my, what my dream was, actually. You know, I ever had that metacognition thing where you remember the thought process that led you to remember? You know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. a weird metacognition. I just had it right now. I remember what my dream was. We were all going to get sushi, you and me. I'm going to tell you, this is actually sounds like a, a salt. What is it called? Uh, bath salts? kind of dream yeah fuck bath salts like i'll tell you what i remember it was like a sunset and it was by my neighbor's house and there was like a weird there was like a a chicken with a gun in his hands i'm not even joking it's a little fucking chicken that had a gun in his hand and then i'm like whoa there's a chicken with the gun an out of there like yeah dream about that's a weird thing usually my dreams they're not that weird usually they're very consistent and symbolic either i dream about like an animal or a location or like the beach Right, it's weird. It's a weird projection, but for some reason, I had like a dream about like that a chicken with a gun, and I was like, and I was self-aware about it. I'm like, what the? F it's almost cartoony. Yeah, cartoony. And then you know what I did? I went back to my house, and then we we're gonna go eat sushi, and we we're gonna eat the sushi at my place, and then a bunch of zombies came. <laughs> I'm not even fucking joking, but the zombies weren't like we like the stereotypical zombies. They were more like, um, how do I say it? Um, like meth heads. Just with angry, aggressive meth heads who wanted to bite you and eat you for bath salts, I guess. Speaking of this, I don't know how I just remember that. It's weird how you can trigger something from like a dream. I, I think usually back then I used to uh, write down my dreams. So I'm curious what would happen if you uh, wrote down all your trips and what you had. <laughs> I, I and tried you had a that. whole journal. Just to, you know, you had a dedicated book to all the trips. From like years, I, I wrote. I wrote. A, I had a notebook set out on one of those trips, and uh, I tried to uh, write like everything. It's fucking gibberish. The next day, like it's it's oh. really gibberish. I was just like writing, like while you're yeah, while like, I was under. It, like what was the gibberish? What would it say? Just r really weird stuff. I think because maybe like you. Everything's going so quickly. Your thoughts are changing. Yeah, yeah. So no, quickly. it was. It was. So it you're was, trying to piece together a single thought that you had in a moment, but it's already moving. It's already on. passed. Yeah, because well, time, time works super different. Like your perception of time when you when you're on psychedelics, it works so different. Like I was outside, sitting, and I was I had this distinct feeling that like time had stopped. Like, and it was it was like things were going in like ultra slow motion. To where it, they seemed like frozen and it was like everything will stop and it will remain stop for as long as you like refuse your 
physical like uh, desires, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, shit, I have to pee. Oh. <laughs> so it was like, if you get up to pee, then time will start up again. So, you know, that's your choice. So I held it as long as I could, and then I had to pee, uh, and then time started again. So you're welcome. Oh, so you just, <laughs> the, the high, like you got kicked out of the high almost? No, no, not even that, just that aspect of it. Like time will go faster at points, and it'll slow down, it'll stop, and it'll slice up time to be like, to just last for so long. It's it's so it's such a trip, man. It's crazy. And then like you can you get different sensory experiences to different things. So like <clears throat> you can feel in like high definition uh different parts at different points. So like you'll your everything will seem distant and echoey if for your hearing. And then something will come into like high definition and you'll hear it extremely clearly. Everything else will be distant. Physically um when I'd pee, like that's one thing I hate to do on shrooms is pee because I can feel like the pee coming through my urethra, or, like you know, in, in ultra definition, like just you can feel it coming out. Like stop, it, like a two-hour movie, and then you just let go. Well, no, then you feel the like, problem is, is you feel it. Now that you just feel, you have to pee, and then you can kind of feel a little bit. But you're saying you feel the you f- entire you feel flow, the <laughs> whole flow, yeah. From, from Real, that's creepy. Like, well, in in detail, like as it's coming through the. The, the pipe and then when when you're sitting there trying to like shake it off it still feels like there's stuff that needs to come out probably because it's it's actually there yeah exactly it's and so you just are there for like i'm shaking it for way more than the two shakes <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm officially playing with it at you're that probably point just jack- okay we jack it at that point. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll end up just sitting okay, there just we like shaking and officially uh, have a shake which shake meter me, that makes me a Think of other things as yeah, we're gonna do it. Hey, cynic <laughs> shame. Remember, <laughs> Dio, sick cynic I shamelessness. So. I imagine so, but uh, no. And so I'll sit there for like exaggerated periods because I'm like, I really don't want to like have pee in my pants. And then eventually it'll get to the point where it's like, like every hour. Fuck it, I gotta pull my pants up. I gotta get out there. Like this is weird. Careful, <laughs> this is somebody's fetish. <laughs> and by the way, what You're happens? If, what happens if you have to um, go number two? Oh, those are interesting. <laughs> Feel oh, like you had that as well. Have, have, yeah, I have had that as well. It's uh, feels like the ground is this like. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's odd. <laughs> it is odd. Like the 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 seat is like grabbing you and stuff. That's not that's not as as detailed as the P one, but it's uh yeah mostly because when you're sitting there, it's longer I think, and so you're thinking about other shit, looking at the walls and everything mm-hmm. else. But yeah, bathroom. Let's move on to Bruce Lee. Yeah, good, tra- yeah. good transition. <laughs> good segue. No, no, really, because <laughs> speaking I, I of <laughs> speaking of it, no, speaking I mean of P. <laughs> Bruce Lee. Oh no, no, but now I remember why I was gonna bring up Bruce Lee because I remember when I was young and I was doing a uh, Shotokan karate. I was doing um, martial arts when I was super young. Um, I remember one of my uh, my sensei told me that there was a famous martial artist uh, that started um, karate. And karate is pretty old, right? Because yeah. it, it came from uh, Te, the Okinawan style, <clears throat> that event was brought from the Chinese sailors who went down Chuan Okinawa. That, well, that's what um, Kimpo. Yeah. So Kimpo is uh, the Japanese um, version. Or actually, it might even be come from Okinawan. But I know Kimpo because Kin is fist and Po is like um, method or law. comes from the Chinese Chuanfa, Chuanfa, which is twin is fist and... Fa is like a method or a law, as they yeah. call it, right? So it's um, Chuan Fa is like a a generic. It's like kung fu. It's a generic term for Chinese martial arts, fist art, fist way, fist method, and so that's what they took that term. Kenpo was the original term of most uh, karate systems, and then karate was the Japanese version of uh, Kenpo. But you have you have versions of Kimpo now in karate, like uh, Ed Parker, who popularized uh, karate in America. He his style was he called it Kimpo, Kimpo karate. Interesting. I brought up um, this guy because also another speaking of dreams. I guess it's another cliche inside joke because I keep talking about it. Because I just remember another st- uh, story re- regarding it. My sensei told me that. Um, there was a very that some of the there was a specific move in in karate that um, originated actually funny enough in a dream 
of one of the senseis that he saw that that move being done in the dream that was super vivid and then that's how i forgot what maybe it was a kata you know katas mm -hmm. i don't I, i'm not really a big fan of katas i never liked them i prefer I, I preferred sparring right i thought it was more it's to show down the history and the traditions right mm -hmm. but i some of the kata could be applied for like self-defense scenarios I, for, I forgot what they used to call it bunkai maybe that's the japanese word but yeah they some some of the the whatever the technique or the kata or the bunkai application it was um because somebody one of the grandmasters had a dream of that technique so that's crazy and i bring up bruce lee just because and it, and it actually has to do with uh, hallucinogenics because, I mean, what I I guess it's like a good nod to eclecticism. You know, eclecticism, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, having the not synthesizing, but kind of borrowing from different, not being afraid or shy to borrow knowledge from any kind of like the San Renshin quote, right? Yeah. If you walk with three people, um, surely one of them will be my teachers, right? But the same thing with all these other things, like. If you can gain knowledge, like from dreams or from like trips or from different different um, mediums, then why not, right? Yeah. So the same thing with um, that's why I guess this that's the um a good way of promoting eclecticism, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. And Bruce Lee's a, kind of the epitome of being an eclectic because he had a lot of philosophy, a lot of the the martial arts, you know, Jeet Kune Do, like you were saying, right? that it's um, uh, inspired by Taoism, right? Right. And that Taoism made him, and what is, Taoism talks a lot about water, right? How it's a flowing, It's a, it puts an emphasis, just like Heraclitus too in the Greeks. Funny enough that, like you said, nothing appears from just anywhere. I'm not saying that the Chinese learned this from the Greeks or the Greeks learned, the, learned this from something, uh, the Chinese, but in all cultures, there seems to be the um, elements being important into their um, early philosophies or um, religions, right? I know that the Greeks had the four four um, elements: fire, <coughs> earth, uh, wind, and well, I think it was fire, earth, wind, water. And the Chinese they have metal and wood, and the mm -hmm. Indians have something else. But whatever, whatever, there's still um, elements, right? And in um, Taoism, the water is very important because it, it's it flows, it's adaptable, mm -hmm. and it's still water, right? Kind of like this martial art, Jikundo. It's still Jikundo, but it has, it's um, adapted from different aspects of different um, martial arts, right? Mm -hmm. And we kind of talked about that in the last episode, right? We were talking about how borrowing stuff from different things is not really a bad thing. The same with kind of what the philo the philosophy we were um, taught, cynicism, kinicism. Uh, we, it'd be interesting to kind of, bring back the philosophy in in um this eclectic way because mm -hmm. it's it's a really old philosophy because yeah, you very continuous pretty much have to implement and take on borrow what works for you it's gonna be different for. Everyone. i mean for me obviously um i'm more of a tech background i'm interested in technology and science and i'm major i mean yeah and part of it could be your interests well it, it comes down to the fact that it, it really is one of the things about Bruce Lee is that he was definitely an individualist. He was a philosophy too, philosophy major yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. But, he was a teacher. His, his personal philosophy about like, um, and and this is what the problem with modern Jeet Kune Do is, is that Bruce Lee came up with a fighting method that worked for him. It was yeah, his, it was yeah. his way of expressing the the idea of martial art, the idea of self defense these concepts and ideas in a physical way, it was his expression. And that was the art part. Yes. And so by him pulling things from other styles, he made it his own. And he tried to teach that philosophy, the philosophy of being true and having a, an honest self-expression to his students. Now, his students were extremely talented. I've, I've met some of them. I've trained with some of them. Nothing against them, but inevitably what happens is is ideas tend to solidify as time goes on. And so originally, um, uh, his his first style was called um, Li Jun uh, Fan Kung Fu, I think, which was because uh, that was his his Chinese Li Jun Fan, and so it was um, that was it was just named after him because it was his way. And when pressed for like what's a what's a 
a name of your style. What do you do? He said Jeet Kune Do, the way of the intercepting fist. And people ran with that name so much. And they, they, they hardened the ideas and they, they read the Tao of Jeet Kune Do and they read his notes and everything. And they wanted to fight like Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, this was the problem, though, because... You're not Bruce Lee. You're your own person. Exactly. And, and I learned this early on, unfortunately, because I have, like, the exact opposite body of Bruce Lee. Yeah. So Big Mac here, I, I can do martial arts well when I'm doing them the way that I do them. When I try to do them the way Bruce Lee do, does them or did them, I, I could not do it because it's not we're not the same person. And so it is unfortunate that... <clears throat> the deeper meanings of what he was spreading was not, was not taken as, I mean, definitely. I mean, if a, if a bozo like me can understand the meaning behind it, there's, there's surely plenty of well accomplished and more intelligent people than myself who, who have grasped it, who have applied this to themselves. And that's where he's influenced a lot of people. But then there's a lot of people who are just like, Oh, I want to be a badass. I want to train Jeet Kune Do. Like I want to be like Bruce Lee. There's nothing wrong with wanting to work like Bruce Lee. There's nothing wrong with wanting to to think in the same kind of way he thought. But you can't be Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. You can only be yourself. And ultimately, that was what he, um, kind of his eclecticism was. Back then, there was, the, the 70s was really um, super focused on styles. Styles of martial art. Which style is the best? Which style does that? The answer is no style. No style is better than the other, but practitioners can be better than the other, depending on their natural talents, how well their method of fighting fits with them, how hard they train, how many hours they've put in, what type of training they've done. That's how you get the best martial artists, you know. And so as a martial artist, I think for other martial artists, that's that's what we should be looking to Bruce Lee for is is and in life as well, not just in martial arts, but the principles being, being true to yourself, expressing yourself with honesty, expressing yourself with your own type of passion in the way, like you have your interest in tech and uh, things, things on that, and philosophy, things like that. That works completely for you. And this is honestly the problem with a lot of religious dogma too. Is that a lot ev- there's a lot of good stuff in a lot of the religions in a lot of the philosophies in a lot of these you know methods that people have hacks we could even call and, them and like diets too hacks. diets work differently for diets different too, people workouts everything but it doesn't it, it's not cookie cutter i can tell you what works for me but i have a very different body type than you have you know so if we're talking physical it's very different. I have different interests, different experiences. So my f- personal philosophies inevitably are going to be a little bit different than yours. If you try to have mine, then it's it's you're not going to be as fulfilled as I am. And so a constant pursuit of yourself and your uh, regular introspection and above all that honesty. That's I think you, you can't overlook that because so many people have an idea of what they want to be that they are dishonest to themselves and others when expressing that. And that's where a lot of their unhappiness comes from is because they're not being true to who they actually are. So being true to yourself in an honest way, as honest as possible, that's the secret to everything. You're welcome. All right. That's it guys. Everyone, your life is saved. So <laughs> pack, <laughs> thank you. I'll take pack, uh, ba- pack up your bags, boy. T- t- take the check. We did uh, it in the mail. <laughs> we did it boys. That's it. I'll, I'll, the world I'll, is I'll saved. co-sign that. I'll co-sign that. <laughs> save it to the, but I mean, every, send it to the cynics. <laughs> I think the, I think, um, the only universal philosophy is that you got to find your own path really in a yeah. sense, really. Oh, definitely. Your life is up to you. Really. No one else could, do it for you. No one can live your life for you, really. Very individual. But I would say that there is some kind of. You at least you have to have some kind of um, of a, I guess not a platform, but more like a uh, some roots. But the roots could be it. Anything. Ge- generally speaking, roots I mean the roots of Bruce Lee's philosophy. I think is fine. Don't, yeah, it does him. Don't pursue, literally, what he is. Pursue. Well, I mean Bruce Lee's philosophy. You can look at. You could take everything Bruce Lee ever wrote, compile it, and make that your personal Bible if you wanted to, and that would be your roots. 
But if you do nothing with that, you're not growing. So if you're if you don't bear a a a, a tree, you know, following the plant metaphor, if you don't bear a plant that is uniquely you, then like the reason why Bruce Lee's philosophy, while it can apply to everyone in the particular form that it takes, it doesn't apply to everybody. You can take the same seed of truth from his stuff, and, and if it's condensed down to its most basic element, anyone can digest it. But if you're to try to take everything he did and the way he expressed it through his art and through his movies and his martial arts and his words, that can be your roots if it, if it appeals to you. But inevitably, it's going to change once you start to express it through yourself. And that's okay. And he said this, right? He quoted something about the water is formless, but eventually it does take on a form. It could be a teapot. If it's in a teapot, it could be uh, waves or... What it, what was that quote about? Be like water, be my like friend. Be like water, yep. That's yeah. the classic one. And I, I think it comes to everyone naturally. And, mm-hmm. and but I, what I mean by that, and I talked about this with you before... Where it's like when we're talking about the cynics and yeah. how they because in cynicism, right? It's the considered the some scholars say it's the pure Socratic school, right? It's one of the oldest, sure, right? And the the it's no there's no theory in cynicism that the the tenets are easy. The tenets are live in accordance with nature, uh, and the, living in accordance with nature is it living according to our basic needs of freedom, autonomy, and um, living logically, right? Ignoring our place in the universe, stuff like that, right? But for every cynic that's out there, I mean, there, uh, I'm going to say cynic because it's easier, right? Just to not confuse it with the modern cynicism. Um, the most notable cynics are, are cynics are Diogenes and Crates. Diogenes was, you know, the guy who said, told mm-hmm. Alexander to fuck off, right? Yeah, my son. So he's a very aggressive, he's very aggressive because of his personality, his upbringing, and how he was exiled and stuff like that, right? And compared to like the other, his student, Crates of Thieves. Crates of Thieves is, they nicknamed, well, they nicknamed um, Diogenes the dog, right? Because he used to mm-hmm. hound people on his arrow, errors of their ways. Yeah. They used to call him the watchdog because he would be the watchdog of morality for the Athenians, right? Yeah. He'd put the mirror in their face to show them who they are, and right? And then Crates of Thieves was considered the second dog, really the most notable one. And Crates of Thieves was also nicknamed the door opener because people liked him and he was... Uh, a kinnick who would go around and he would um, kind of settle petty disputes between family members, right? Right. So what I guess what I'm trying to say is that they, they're, despite it being a very, uh, uh, the principles are kind of set in stone for kinicism, right? It's pretty much the, the Socratic teachings that are kind of condensed and probably the purest for most people, right? It's one of, since it's so old, they're all interpreted differently. Right for every kinnick that's around, one uh, there are some that focus on the satire portion. There are some people who focus on the cosmopolitan um, portion because you know mm-hmm. Diogenes, he's the first one to to coin that word cosmopolitanism, right? Which means the citizen of the universe, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone has interpreted it differently, but it's existed for a while. Obviously, because there some people consider it loose principles, right, rather than a philosophy, because there's no theory; it's just action. That they put an emphasis on not theory, just action. Be a good person, and stoicism is the predecessor of that. Mm-hmm. But it's more a uh, wash down, and it's more um, PG, if you know what I mean. Because shamelessness is a, is something that the 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 kinics would um, talk about, right? Be like a dog. If a dog can do can pee and poop, then you should be able to do it anywhere too. I don't agree with that, but it's everybody inter. <laughs> it's good, right? <laughs> but they all interpreted it differently, right? And you can, and um, I don't think that's that's bad. And it's just like kind of like these teachings, be. like to to interpret it's, things, because not everybody can be a, a kinnick like the way Diogenes was. You can't go out and start well, and shitting they, they and pooping should. and masturbating, or and, you, and you're not gonna be like maybe you're not so nice or um, so sh- jolly like Crates, right? Who was a kinnick who would be settle disputes and stuff like that. Maybe you're more into the adventure lifestyle. I mean, if if you're just shitting and jerking off everywhere and doing whatever you want. If you live your life like an animal, you're basically agreeing with like hedonists in, in terms of philosophy. Like Which you're, is you're really, seeking, yeah. seeking the pleasure. You know what's really funny about that is that the hedonists really did not like um, the kinnicks because you know no, why? Yeah, yeah, you know the reason why is because it's kind of a paradoxical philosophy 
but they put a, an emphasis on on physical training and going through hardships so to toughen yourself up and be mentally strong mm-hmm. like the stoics right so yeah it, it and then, then but then you're indulging in just as a like if you base your life on if a dog can do it i can do it th- then you are just giving into your baser instincts at a moment's notice which is a form of hedonism you're just not as avoiding the 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 hard or the difficult the unsavory right so i mean that's pure hedonism is just avoid all discomfort seek all comfort at all times right and the epicureans too to a certain extent also believe in sort of that as well well, i mean the, the greeks were big on seeking the good the good life and that but the difference is that most of their philosophies included the the delayed gratification the necessity of true good is not just pure self-indulgence but it is the hardships that lead to a better version of yourself, which therefore causes you to get more out of life. And and there's this other things tied to the good life, the a sense of duty, a sense of beauty, a sense of uh, aestheticism, of, of wisdom. These were all tied into the pleasure of the good life. And eventually they just kind of got lazy because they focused too much on <laughs> the hedonistic aspect. And that's why the Romans the disciplined Romans were able to come and just march over them. Well, it's funny because a lot of the Kinnicks that are famous tend to be, um, funny, not hedonists, they tend to be satirists. They all tend to end up being political, even though it's they're actually against um, partaking in politics, which is very kind of paradoxical. Either that or they, um, yeah, um, funny enough, the Stoic and, and Kinnick principles were the reasons why um, they killed Julius Caesar? Funny enough, because they had that tradition, and I, mean, I think we talked about that, right? They should make we should make a video on that. That, but anyway, that's kind of besides the point. What I'm trying to say is that a philosophy, uh, everybody interprets it differently, and I don't think that I think that's good because they can find a new way of a new spin on an old favorite, right? Yeah, and that's yeah, right. How that's how you make it work for yourself. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's good as long as you don't like. I guess corrupt the message and make it almost like un unavo- un well, unnoticeable if you know what I mean. Doesn't have to be even what you're, what it's called. It can it, just it, form form something else actually. Yes, yeah, exactly. So don't say like I'm following this when you put it and made it your own. Yeah, because then okay, it's your own thing. And but that's it. Kind of got off the point I was trying to make before. <laughs> I was going for like when I said before about like if you're. Just education in general. It's like what you're good at versus what you're passionate about. Oh, he's going to bring... We used to... We wanted to make a segment about this, the coals of wisdom. Because, you know, people always kind of... Coal of wisdom to follow they, your passion. They kind of mm-hmm. have this... Pearl, they think it's a pearl of wisdom where they say, follow your passion. But which I, d- I get what you mean, but I think it has to be balanced. I think that's th- the only philosophy that... balance to it, but you should... I think it's... You can never go wrong embracing the things you're naturally good at. Unless you're just good at killing people, I think you'll 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 find. I like some how you just totally. Just <laughs> you, you'll, you'll I think you'll find happiness. You'll find. Oh, you'll find happiness. You, you'll you'll find. I mean, yeah, that's that bunny. serial killers are happiest <laughs> killing people. You're good at kill, but <laughs> <laughs> a serial killer is gonna be a serial killer. We're just yeah. joshing you. We're just trying to rustle your feathers. <laughs> but no, I'm serious. They'll be happiest when they kill them. The, <laughs> hey, if that's it, you will be a legend in a way. Okay, <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> infamous. We're, this infamous. is already becoming rated, your rated our philosophy. <laughs> but what you're good, yeah, because you can say, oh, if you're good at this, you should do it. <laughs> no, okay, you're, uh, you're, you're still based. Give in some like credit to our viewers. Morals. <laughs> got morals. There's one dude in the comments. Whoa, dude, I'm really good at like shooting, like stuff. But, okay, you'll find some ha- general happiness and fulfillment from pursuing things you're good at. Well, like I told, I always bring up Johannes Kepler because, remember, Johannes Kepler, he was not passionate about astrology. Actually, I think I think he despised it because he was an astronomer. But, you know, during that time, in, uh, people actually liked astrology. You can get paid pretty well for just essentially just like kind of polluting astronomy yeah i thought well he had already had some knowledge that he can kind of yeah yeah yeah. so twist to make but he money. wasn't passionate about astrology he was passionate about ast- astronomy but he said and he they asked him why would you do this if you're an astro- you're actually an astronomer that's what you like and you're passionate about he said 
It don't I mean, it don't pay the bills. Yeah. He I mean, literally said it himself actually. You can I, look that up. I think that's that's different. Yeah, you realize oh I can make money off of a kind of twisting this and following. I mean that's a that's a nice little loophole actually. Yeah. It's it's convenient when what would be a good example? Like let's say I was a let's say I, I my my passion I was I loved and I was really good at doing like super detailed lifelike paintings or something, right? But you know, that's what I did on my weekends. But during the weekday, I, I did, like, comic strip, you know, illustrations because it that, that pays more, yeah. And you're good at it? Yeah, I'm already good at it. It pays more. And it's basically what I do anyway. It's just, it's not taking anything from my uh, more higher passion, if you will. But Yeah, so there's some balance. But, no, I, I agree with that. And a lot of this stuff is what we... Like, there's the question of what is talent versus um, hard work. And what they found is that early on, if if you have the right environment that notices you're good at something and they encourage it and they, they praise you for it, this in turn causes you to feel good when you do it. And so you want to do it more. So you invest more time doing it. And then before you know it, you've put in, you know, tens of thousands of hours into this thing and you're... And excellent you, at this you, thing you have something that you can always fall back on yeah, exactly right. but but it comes it still comes from the fact that a lot of people think that this is talent but it's not necessarily talent it's you were encouraged to do it from a young age it's, yeah and there's so it's other factors that kind of yeah and i i think that there's the so there's two parts to that one is that a lot of these things that we look at talent even if that's how talents form they do so when we're very young this is before we have real conscious thought about stuff. Mm-hmm. When we're talking, when you talk to most people about the challenge of talent versus passion, right? This is already when they're adults. And so you don't think of it in terms, you think of it in, this has always been this way in my life. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you probably could become an expert at something if you're willing to invest that 10,000 hour mark in it, which yes. as you get older becomes more and more unreasonable because you have less and less time to just devote to one thing like you do when you're younger so this is a lot of talents are formed in our in our youth but i i don't that's why i say i don't think that should stop you from doing things that you enjoy doing when you get older whether you're good at them or not that's what hobbies are for yeah you know you know it's really funny i remember there was somebody on reddit um was it reddit no i watched these reddit youtube videos where like do you have like unpopular opinions or something and there was some guy on reddit saying Oh, you'll never be, and it's an unpopular opinion probably for a good reason because I think it's kind of dumb what he said. He's like, you'll never be truly good at anything. You won't be talented and be the best like Mozart. So very nihilistic. And I was like, you know what? Even if I wasn't like, I liked the best guitarist, I I would enjoy just being able to play some tunes. And I think, you know what I mean? <laughs> who who wants to just It's a self-defeating sort of. Yeah, it's very <laughs> self to be like, who can, like, it's like, like well, you, get, you, you'll never be able to get to the moon. You'll so. never be the best, so why even try? So. Yeah, exactly. You, you'll never <laughs> be the yeah, best, so why even try? And I might like it. And, <laughs> and it's like he was like framing it as like something like a true hard fact. Like, oh, this is going to destroy you because it's the dark truth you don't want to know about. And guess what? You'll never be the best. Who hurt you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By the way, I love those replies when somebody says, "Who hurt you? Who hurt you?" Pretty much. Like, exactly. What happened? <laughs> it's it's like even if that's like that's the way I like to see it as the struggle. Even if you're not gonna be the best, why not try? You only live once, right? And even if you're not, if you're mediocre at best, if that's what you enjoy and you can play a tune, maybe not the best, not maybe not on a concert, but something for yourself, I don't see a problem with that. You get what I mean? Yeah. I think I don't. That's a very weird take to have, but I just remembered it for some reason. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to deal with those types of people. No. I don't know who could. Who like, hurt you? <laughs> 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 the comments are hilarious. We should. That's why one one day we should do the video uh, grape mines, right? I remember we were gonna talk about that, but um, I think we kind of went off track. We were talking about Bruce Lee, but um. <laughs> Let's get back to Bruce Lee. I also wanted to know what we t- watch. We end up talking about if so- if he was killed or not. Bruce Lee. Oh, the. I'm just the kidding. Con- the conspiracy. The conspiracy. But uh, actually, I wanted to talk before that we get on to that. I wanted to talk about um, 
Didn't he? Who's the first martial art or mixed MMA fighter, if you think about it? Do you, would you consider it to be Bruce Lee? Him being the first kind of for, founding father of this MMA kind of I, idea of MMA mixing styles and, and then going off and fighting in tournaments. Do you think some people consider Bruce Lee as the father of MMA? Do you believe that's kind of a accurate term as somebody who's kind of a I think more professional or martial artist? I think he definitely influenced it. Because you were talking also about Kenjimbo, whatever that. Oh, Kajikimbo. Kajikimbo. I, I mean, the, the idea of, I mean, Again, um, it's definitely nothing new, but I guess maybe he was more popular, so therefore it's more I mean, power. He, he brought so Bruce Lee did more than just Bruce Lee's influence on martial arts in the West is immense because I mean he really changed the the game for martial art, the way martial arts were viewed in the in the West. Like before, then you had really martial arts in the West have only been in the last hundred years or so. Maybe a little. Well, I guess twenty years past. They were all just black belt black belt mills. No, yeah, right, <laughs> in strip malls. No, like you, you'll see stuff of like back then. They they like when they first came over. This was like in the late eighteen hundreds, and in like Britain, you know, they had like um, uh, when Orientalism was really big. You know, the the idea of kind of the exoticism of the East. They'd talk about these you know, f- strange fighting arts. And there was really this mystical element about it. You'd see them in like pulp novels. They'd talk about it, but it it wasn't, there wasn't widespread study that really started around um, a little before and around uh, World War II was when stuff really started to take off. That's when a lot of stuff started coming in through Hawaii prior to World War II. And then after World War II, you had soldiers and Marines uh, Navy station in Japan, they'd learn some judo, some jujitsu, and they'd bring it back, some karate. And and then as they, um, throughout the 50s and 60s, it really started to take off as like this, you know, crazy, crazy shit going on. And the movies started coming over too. But I mean, old kung fu movies, I, I love them to death, but like, they're not, you know, you don't, they don't seem accessible. They seem real over the top wires and all this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but then you see Bruce Lee, and this dude moves like lightning, and he, there's power in his movements, and he's got, you know, he's yoked out, six pack showing, you know, he's constantly shirtless, and like even the kung fu stars back in the day, they would, they were fit, but not like Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee was an inspiration to Schwarzenegger, even like he he was one of the first bodybuilders. The way he he honed his physique, you know. It was it was intense, um, and then he that influence brought martial arts way more attention than than anything else. It and was more than Koji Kimbo. Oh, Koji Kimbo never would have taken off like it did if it wasn't for Bruce Lee. I yeah. mean, and I say that for all martial arts because because of him, the eighties were a decade of martial art movies. Some good, some bad. Yeah, John Van Van Dam. Uh, Van Dam came up. Yeah, I mean he his career was, um, in large part due to Bruce Lee. Jackie Chan's career was in large part due to Bruce Lee. All these guys really were Bruce Lee inspired them all. As far as the mixed martial art part, that really, because of this Maybe, huge interest yeah. in martial arts. Maybe there was less, um, how do I say it, um, prejudice against pe- people being eclectic. From my understanding of the history of, of martial arts competitions, it seemed that back then people were like, oh, my style is better versus your style is better. And then... Well, that's that's what right. I was saying earlier. Like styles were super important back then, and so he really knocked a lot of that down. That's why people would get so furious about his taking from styles, the styles, the styles, because it was so unorthodox and it it, it shit on the ultra traditional aspect of it, the lineage, right? And so a lot of people pushed back on it, but he he gave the middle finger and <laughs> and that that really inspired people to do the same. And the Gracies themselves, you know, the Gracies had won this um, tournament. I forgot what year it was, but well, they made the tournament. Yeah, they, so old old school. And they UFC were is and they were eclectics too. I mean, they were. Oh yeah. They they took Brazilian jujitsu, I mean, from Japanese jujitsu, mm-hmm. but they transformed it. It's still jujitsu, right? Yep. But it's a new spin on a on an old favorite, kind of like what we're trying to do with, I guess, kinesism, right? With the watchdogs, right? The tech. Maybe we can take kinesism and make it into. Oh yeah, this I new mean, thing. It applies pretty much directly to that. Yeah, it's just uh, it's like the it's still it's like a formless form. Like it still is 
it still is um, jujitsu, but it's been interpreted in a different way, and it's done well. And it's an, it's an old, it has there's its roots from the very far back, but it's still jujitsu. But it's just a very it's a different as part of uh, I guess uh, yeah, like a, a new spin, like I said, mm. pretty much. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe we could even do that. I've, I think I'd be passionate about something like that. Oh, I don't. I don't know you don't like that word, but I'm gonna throw I it out. I have nothing wrong. <laughs> it wasn't. Who hurt you? I wasn't trash. <laughs> Who hurt passion? Who hurt you? I think passion passion's me. good. <laughs> I think you should still though always Peace. follow what you're naturally good at. Peace, my friend. So, um, also, um, I'm curious. What apparently Bruce Lee was? Uh, I know we talked about this already, but Bruce Lee was a doctorate in philosophy. No, nah, just a bachelor degree. So I'm we're all shitting on him. Oh, I just a bachelor, <laughs> just a BA, four years. But I know. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't a PhD. But he was, yeah, he was definitely super interested in philosophy. So I think that aspect also helped him maybe with, like, it's crazy how there, there's an intersectionality where, it's. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that word, <laughs> but either. But how do I say? There is a a synthesis. Is that better? Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. There's a synthesis of. Uh, different aspects of his life kind of converging. Mm-hmm. To, you know what I mean? So he has his personal belief and up- upbringings. Also, I think the fact that maybe his... Oh. Should we just um kind of finish it here? Yeah. It's just his upbringing, and there's the synthesis between, you know, where he was born. You know, he was born in San Francisco in a very turbulent time. Probably toughened him up, and the philosophy aspect helped him. Living in Hong Kong, definitely, yeah. That, yeah. I, I mean, this is what you see with a lot of instances is that, you know, it, it's all about, in, in Buddhism, they talk about um, uh, right time, right place, which is just basically, you know, the things happen randomly a lot of times, and, and when things line up in a certain way, then, you know, the outcome of it is is amazing. And so... With the great figures in history, it really is just this particular person raised this particular way at this particular time in this particular place caused or, you know, was was experienced these events. And because of that, we have these, you know, legendary figures throughout history. It just kind of worked out that way. All right. So, Mac, you got to go, right? Yeah, I got to go. I got to pick someone up from the airport. All right, what what do you want to end? What kind of quote you want to end this with? Um, I don't know. Give give me a category. I'll end it. I don't know. Maybe something to do with Taoism. Taoism. Oh man. Yeah, some kind of quote from Taoism. Since. Um, or related to it, right? Okay. <clears throat> you guys know about Chuangzi and the fish? No, I don't know about Chuangzi and the fish. Okay, story Chuangzi. of Chuangzi and the fish. Chuangzi, he was a. A uh, student of uh, Lao Tzu, one of the early Taoists. His book's great. He's got a. He, he's a bit more witty and a bit more funny than, um, than Lao Tzu was. But so Chuangzi is walking with his buddy, uh, and they they're crossing a bridge. And Chuangzi looks down into the water and he sees the fish and he says, "Oh man, to live life as a fish, just free and easy, just eating food, nice. It's so wonderful to be a fish." And the friend who's always kind of hating on Chuangzi because he's super wise, he's like, thinks he's got him. He's like, Chuangzi, how do you know what it's like to live life as a fish? You're not a fish. How can you know about this? Mm-hmm. And then Chuangzi looks at him and he says, that's true, but you're Chuangzi. Or he said, you are not Chuangzi. So how can you know if Chuangzi knows what it's like to be a fish or not? <laughs> and the friend the friend felt a little red in the face after that. Got him. <laughs> Got him. All right, uh, Mac. Mac, thank you so much for coming on. 